How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. What you been eating lately, Dave? I literally thought 30 seconds before we started recording mm. of how I'm going to answer for how you doing. <laughs> and I was going to say I'm full of pep, I'm full of vigor, right. and full of tacos. Which is my answer for that question, <laughs> pep. tacos. Pep. pep. <laughs> Have you tried pep? It's pretty good. <laughs> pep C? No, no, no. Pep, pep. B. <laughs> pep the original. Yeah. Oh, man. What's the... Um... No. Last... Train of thought. Gone. Don't know what I was thinking of. But, Me either. Yeah. But you had tacos? It did. Yeah. El Charo Negro, which is not... It's okay for me to say it's in the name. Shifty um, eyes. <laughs> it's not too far from me, and they have like the quickest delivery time. Yeah. And their tacos are fairly inexpensive, but very tasty. Hmm. That sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, we were talking about uh, recent culinary exploits in uh, the area I'm from, and there's a new place. Not happy with it. Tacos aren't that great. Seating's not that great. Disappointed. Don't go there. Um, but the purpose of today's episode is to uh, create another episode for the podcast. That is pretty much why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're we're kind of locked into Contractually obligated uh, by ourselves and nobody else. <laughs> right. We, to, we wrote our own contract. To do this once a week. Signed it in crayon. To get Jake out of the house because <laughs> it's now hosted in my house. Yeah. I, that is true. I basically just leave for work. Although, actually, um, this upcoming weekend which will have already elapsed by the time people listen to this. Uh, I'm going to the uh, Overwatch Grand Finals in oh. Philadelphia. Oh! <laughs> which is near where I live. Ah! Ac- Acme, Pennsylvania. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But, um, like, the Wells Fargo Center there. I um, saw a picture of them, like, setting up the massive screens that they use. Have you ever seen, like, the Blizzard Arena? Uh, in, uh, I might have seen, Burbank? like snapshots of it it's freaking cool it like it butterflies the screen is like a massive lcd yeah that butterflies to the sides hmm. and like they'll have uh the team colors on one half and the other team's colors on the other and like the lan um computers up in front of it it's freaking great but they're setting up a kind of similar setup uh in philly for um the grand final so nice should be pretty cool uh friends of the show just you know come out see me see me while i'm there at the grand finals again uh once you listen to this this will have already elapsed it'll have already elapsed <laughs> everything yeah. i'm saying that you're hearing now was in the past that was <laughs> <Yeah>. then <laughs> that's true i'm an entirely different person now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so given that that topic is you know kind of pointless to talk about since it is the past we could talk about rpgs or as some people call them rocket propelled grenades i did think about that joke today <laughs> yeah i was thinking about it it's really I was like oh me and my girlfriend like to uh role play a little bit <laughs> i dress up as a butler and she dresses up as a rocket propelled grenade <laughs> she misunderstood entirely <laughs> no it's um it's not that it is kind of unfortunate that those acronyms overlap because i'm definitely i was i was more familiar with the term a role-playing game before rocket propelled grenade yeah which i guess says something nice you know about my upbringing <laughs> i was <laughs> along with my uh dumb joke there i was trying to think of other things that rpg could stand for yeah and while i was taking a piss in the afternoon at work i was like 
racist penis galvanizer <laughs> where someone That's would be like i don't like black people and it's this machine that would just punch them in the dick repeatedly <laughs> i was gonna say it's like it's it's a borderlands weapon that rolled with really weird stats <laughs> <laughs> like well done path of exile <laughs> right you're just like what does the racist affix actually mean for this gear <laughs> you can only search you can only shoot certain colors of enemies <laughs> oh man i'm just imagining you playing like path of exile or something you have to change your skin color and then you can equip the armor <laughs> otherwise it rejects it uh, oh That'd be bad. I don't think any of the games we have on our list incorporate features that are explicitly racist. No, no. <laughs> Nor implicitly racist. Right. Um, I, I like to think I'm getting better at segues. <laughs> oh, Jay. Oh, you sweet winter adult. Um, yeah. I think that that's the most important part of a segue, too, is that you call it out and then you prevent any actual transition into what you were trying to talk about by calling it out i just like to loudly state anywho in any conversation <laughs> right. you're talking about my thing right you just walk up to someone else's conversation People who are just like well, my thought of this political climate i'm like anywho <laughs> right have you checked out our podcast <laughs> <laughs> handing out these invisible business cards thank you thank you <laughs> it's just like a bar of soap <laughs> here you go so legitimately mm-hmm. um have recently been because we're not going to ever get to the topic. No. I mean, I've recently been never. watching Midas Mode, which yeah. was mentioned before. Hmm. Uh, Moonduck Studios Dota 2 LAN game event. Yeah. Tournament. It's basically it's awesome. replaced the international, I think, for notoriety. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. Where was it going with this? Oh, they were selling off parts of the map mm-hmm. to kind of like, you can put whatever there if you yeah. paid some money. And it's usually like meme pictures. But one person... Had like a, hey, this is our podcast. Yeah. And their thing was specifically, we have as many listeners as Midas Mode 2 has teams. Oh. <laughs> I was like, man, that's good. Why didn't we advertise? Yeah. But I forget how much it was actually to, to actually spend for that. Yeah. But if it was like 50 or under, I'd, I'd drop that for comedic value. Just consider it, yeah. And to have like more people on the internet judge me. It's it's always interesting when we like talk or think about advertising the podcast because um we don't make any money doing this. So oh, dear God no. So advertising um in that way ourselves as opposed to getting advertisers into the show, um, would just mean that we make less money. I'm just looking to bleed is, as much money as possible. Yeah. It's like it's already negative. <laughs> we just do this because first world problems we need an outlet (laughs) yeah that's not wrong yeah speaking of an outlet um we were going to start talking about some some classic games on the rpg list maybe like go over some things that we we like or we dislike about uh these these games as we go prefacing with like here's our plan for here's the outline what we're going to talk about yeah that will never fucking have i want somebody like write it down at the beginning and look be like well, they derailed here for a good 20 minutes. <laughs> I think that at one point I might have actually had hope that we would be able to like have a more serious topic driven kind of like call and response type format. Um, but those have never been our best episodes. Like they're always <laughs> best. Right. Like, well, we've never released one and had that been our best. We've never like contested, I think 
best episode. We usually talk about like what our favorite episodes are at the end of the year, which is not yet attained. Like we're not yet there, but that thing we did one time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's recurring, obviously, right? It happened at the end of the year. <laughs> but uh, going back to, there's some music I used for one of the dumb videos I made for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, which was the intro to Shining Force. Right. Which is a classic RPG that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Not from any standard Super Nintendo console. I specifically played this on an emulator. Right. Because that's when I grew up. Right. But I thoroughly enjoyed the fuck out of this RPG. Because it's one of those, hey, there's some generic shit happening with bad people. And you're like, we got to fight the bad people. <laughs> but you would have this army of like i think it started with like five or six yeah but then it grew to like 12 yeah like it was whose turn is it and then it, it cycles i don't remember if everyone on your team had a turn and then the enemies moved i think so yeah okay i, I believe if i remember correctly and I, I don't know if we played the same one because there's been a few entries in the si- shining the first force one was shining force legacy of great intent yeah, in- intention. I think was the full what, name, right? Great intention. I believe so. Oh god, that's the worst title. It was. It was actually hilarious. I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> You're just like, we think we're the good guys. <laughs> yeah, but most people do. You know, like I don't know. It's kind of hilarious. I don't know if that was a translation thing or what. I gotta assume it was. Yeah, but this is like a classic uh, tile combat. And everyone has like their standing on the tile animation. Yeah. And moving over mountains took f- a fucking eternity. Yeah. You had like slower move speed over difficult terrain. Yeah. You just could not move as much in one turn. And then anything that was flying mm-hmm. didn't really have that difficulty. Right. Uh, and centaurs were the best in that game, I found. Yeah. They were essentially the dragoons of the army mm-hmm. where they were like perfect mid range because they had decent range as yeah. you leveled them up. They were decently beefy. Their damage output was pretty nice. So I'd have the main character, Max, who yeah. you could rename, but his yeah. name is Max. Right. Um, Max if he power. died, <laughs> you lost the game. Yeah, that was a problem. That's a, a huge issue with some old RPGs. We're like, hey, um, this person's needed for the story, and we're not going to say, like, you can give him a life potion or anything. He's just, if he's fucked, you're fucked. Yeah. And you'd have to restart these battles that could take up to an hour. Yeah, they were they were quite lengthy. As you're like trying to tactically approach the enemies and whatnot. Um, also, kind of elaborating off of that protagonist dies and lose the game thing, because maybe we did end up, maybe we did play the same one, or they named all of the protagonists Max. I don't know, but I also played a character named Max, and I made the mistake of dropping all of um, my stat increasing items basically on him, like power up, mm-hmm. health up, all of this, because I was like, I'm just going to make him super awesome and beefy, because he's the protagonist give him the sword that pierces the heavens or whatever that's fine um but i fell into that uh not knowing that eventually i'd go up against enemies that basically cast level x death and if they cast it against your protagonist and he fails you lose the entire game <laughs> like it doesn't matter how beefy you got it you just never want him actually on the front line against these enemies so don't do that <laughs> yeah i would usually try to have him flank yeah because i like you said i did actually pump everything into him i was like you're not gonna die buddy yeah so i was giving him like hormones and steroids <laughs> just, there's just eyes. needles sticking out of his arms at I, all just, times. I stabbed him a lot yeah um but he'd go up against like a unit on the side and he would just big dick give him like the karate chop yeah and like 
kill things and want to do hits. Yeah. Um, but I try and always have him supported by one healing mage. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I loved about magic in the system, yeah, which is kind of janky but kind of cool, is you could have like your single target spells of I'm going to hit this person. Mm-hmm. You could have your AOE of I'm going to hit people who are in this cross. Or as that leveled up, it just became like a bigger um, diamond yeah. tile set. Yeah. Which it felt really cool. And you're like, I can hit up to three squares away from yeah. here. You had like, um, like, like that fire mage. I can't remember her name at all. But I specifically like remember her. T- it starts with a T. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Triss. Yeah, that's probably not right. But Triss is also a sorceress, at least. Um, oh, now I'm thinking of Witcher 3. Yeah. It's like... It starts with a T. Yeah. It's like Tia or something like that, I think. I could be. But, uh, yeah, crazy effective. And then you mentioned, like, the army sizes. Mm-hmm. Like, you would oftentimes go up against a lot of enemies. Like, this is before really advanced AI. So, it basically... If I recall, mostly boiled down to I'm attacking or I'm retreating. <laughs> yeah. And so they'd kind of just like path to you. And the the game would have, um, I remember in particular an early mission where there was a river kind of bisecting the map and you had to come from the side of all of these mountains. This is after you would have got Gong the monk. And uh, you could basically, there was a bunch of flyers and things and they would all bunch up like at this bridge mm-hmm. and you're just sitting here just like casting aoa spells on the opposite side of the bridge mm-hmm. lighting them up and uh it felt pretty good to like kind of harass them that way um or like you mentioned the um the like centaurs um and how they would have uh more range depending on the weapons because i think you could give them a lance too which actually reduced them to pretty much melee or they could have like a spear. I think there's like when they leveled up, I think you might have had a choice mm. between two class upgrades. Okay, yeah. One was definitely like they were chucking those lances. Mm-hmm. Like it went from that be like holding them down like alongside their yeah. I was gonna say the horse, but it's really their legs. <laughs> um to kind of being like on their shoulder and they just fucking yeet it at people. Yeah. God it's so good. They're really good. Um yeah, I, I really preferred the uh, the mages in that, though, because of the kind of the damage they could put out. Um, and they actually had cool animations. Oh, I think yeah. everything had an animation. Like, every enemy attack, every person taking damage. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of why those combats took so long. Yeah. As you do an action, there's like, and here we go. Okay, yeah. next person. <laughs> it was kind of interesting how they layered it together as well, because you would have... Um, you would have your character execute their attack and they would have different attacks based off of whether it was like a physical attack mm-hmm. like or a magical attack. Um, and the background would be based off the terrain you're in mm-hmm. and the opponents would load in like regardless of how many you hit and it would like cycle through them. So it's like a flying bat takes 15 damage and then goes to the next character and it's like uh the other flying bat takes like 10 damage and then the next character and it just felt really cool to pull off like awesome aoe's because you're like i'm just gonna sit here and just watch all these people get lit up and uh nah it was it was crazy good um although it did have the um i don't know like how far you got in the the game i never completed it beat it you beat it three times wow jeez, i love that game yeah Never been so proud for hearing someone say that they beat it, but just beat it. <laughs> yeah. Just 
speed <laughs> took his advice <laughs> um but i remember there was uh the, the protagonist max had a spell called egress mm-hmm. which allowed you to just like pull back from a fight um and then you could just restart the fight so if you wiped out all of the enemies these high experience value enemies you could train up your army and then be like rather than beating this mission i'm outie restart Fuck it this shit i'm out <laughs> exactly yeah and kind of just farm experience that way um, if I had the patience, because um, like I said, those fights were about an hour a yeah. piece, if mm-hmm. not more or less. Yeah. If it, not exactly an hour, it could be more or less than an hour. It could be greater than or less than one hour, but, but it may have been an hour. But you couldn't save mid-fight Yes. Yeah. at all. You had to always go to a town. You had like go sleep in a bed mm-hmm. or talk to a specific person. Like a priest, Or stand right? near a well. Yeah. It was some very specific set of actions. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's uh, some little jingle that you had saved. And you're like, okay, now we're good. Yeah, <laughs> jingle complete. Yeah, and priests had to revive party members that went down. I remember that. So, like, if you were uh, in a part of the game where you had to fight back-to-back a little bit, um, you couldn't make it to a priest to actually revive key party members that might have gone down in the previous fight. Yeah. And then, like, uh, it's kind of got the Pokemon-like mechanic of the people that are out and fighting are the ones like getting experience mm-hmm. but whoever your backup squad is back at your base that you don't care about like that hans elven archer guy that you ne- completely neglected to upgrade <sighs> he had such shitty damage yeah the range was nice but again like once you got the centaurs upgraded you're like uh... yeah there was another archer too i remember there's a there's a female archer who was just like better than hans so i'm just like see yeah. hans um it's pretty funny i want to branch off of shining force onto some other rpgs I but not the shining force episode <laughs> <laughs> two things i want to ask you if you remember yeah do you remember unlocking the bikinis for like the two female characters i don't that you could? know maybe that was late game there was like one for tia and there's one for i think the elven archer chick mm-hmm. or she was the healer i forget yeah but they were in like these secret spots after battles mm-hmm. you had to like go to a specific tile and like press your interact button oh, it's yeah, like yeah. oh you found this thing and it, all it did was change like the sprite model i don't think it actually changed the in-game animation right but i was like wow she's so hot <laughs> these um, pixels <laughs> these pixels though you mentioned the just like random click thing i know we're, we're getting off the of shining force but the um i do remember there is a a ninja i think you could get somewhere yeah you literally just had to interact with like a random bush yes and it's like welcome to the party so there were there was a ninja and a samurai the samurai's name is mm. hanzo 100 percent. yeah uh there's also like a hamster character you could get yeah through some various means um also there was lichen mm-hmm. short for lichen th- he was a werewolf oh geez um, <laughs> and there's also blue the dragon Ah, okay. Who oh, is yeah, insanely good if you ever got him to like level up to his master tier. Yeah. Cause like he's like a baby whelp dragon, right? Yeah. But then once he was upgraded, he just had like this crazy amount of like blue firestorm mm-hmm. shit. He just wrecked people. Yeah. It this game was basically the precursor to how to how to train your dragons. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh upsides of the game uh it was fun when i was young yeah but some of the downsides it was very lengthy per battle Mm -hmm. 
uh, very grueling. Yeah. And there's also a fixed number of battles throughout the game. Yeah. So it's not like you're going through like Final Fantasy, kind of having these random encounters to gear you up for a boss fight if you need to. It's kind of like, here's your fixed set of things. Do this. Yeah. If you wanted to farm, egress farming was like the only way to really do it. Yeah. It like it also as many of the games on this list, it's very slow. Um, and it shares that in common with uh, the next game I had up here, which was uh, Ogre Battle 64, which I played. Um, I and, got five minutes into this, so I cannot speak too much to it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, this will probably be more brief than the Shining Force example, but uh, I really enjoyed Ogre Battle when I had it. I think we bought it off of like eBay because I was like, this looks sweet. Um and it actually it it was really sweet. It's probably its legacy is largely carried on, I think, by like Fire Emblem and other games like that. But Ogre Battle was another tactics game, much like Shining Force. Um, except what is a tactics game, Jacob? Oh, geez, a uh, tactics game usually kind of like top-down perspective, turn-based. Um, you're dealing with uh, units, um, equipment, and composition of different units sometimes. Um, and you largely you're 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 guiding the battle essentially yeah versus something like final fantasy where you have the squad your party <laughs> yeah. versus the other party all yeah. at once mm-hmm. so that's how i would define it and in ogre battles case it was like even larger scale than um shining force mm-hmm. where you had a bunch of individual people on in the fight in um ogre battle it's like hey you have platoons of like people so this squad has um like nine squares and you can populate it with like up to like five people um, that you can kind of put in like the front formation, middle formation, back formation, and they'll have different abilities actually based off of like where they are in formation. But that also will impact like what aggro they're taking. Dota Underlords. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played Dota Underlords, but yeah, I assume. <laughs> so how many squads can you have? You could have uh, quite a few. I can't remember exactly what the the upper limit was. Um, but you could field a lot and they actually had a, a mechanic for like, they had all those classes kind of like shining force, but even, even more so where people would oftentimes start off as recruits, which are like these little, little guys with pikes and they're so small. They look like kids. You're basically making kids fight, I think. <laughs> um, but they, uh, would have like three pikes and they'd all attack in unison. But if the unit started to take damage, the pikemen would start to die off till it's just like one guy with a pike. <laughs> and if they could get them to a hundred experience, then um, they would be either promoted to a male soldier, like entry level unit or a female sol- uh, Amazon entry level unit. I think it was the determined by the, uh, the sex of whoever the party leader was for that platoon. <laughs> Interesting implications. I don't know. <laughs> You take this bunch of kids with you um, to train them to be Amazons. <laughs> and choir boys, you're like, we're going to be Amazons. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But, uh, like, those unit paths would, like, branch out. So, like, maybe the Amazons, like, uh, they're, like, archers. They would get enough experience. You could, like, turn them into priestesses who were, like, really good support units with a bunch of healing. Um, and the combat was no control, like, from you. It just happened. The opponents and yourselves would uh, take turns attacking and if nobody died after like a couple rounds of attacks then that's the end of that like engagement you go back to the overworld map um and keep macroing the battle 
Okay, so you're setting up for specific engagements. Mm-hmm. It's kind ca- of like, I don't want to say a risk. Yeah. But kind of like a risk. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to put some units here. If shit goes down, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's going to happen. Right. And you could have them like um, charge enemies, be like, oh, run toward those guys. And the the unit overworld speed would be determined by how fast the units are actually in your platoon, like in ah. the squad. So if you have like a bunch of wyverns in there, you could probably fit two actually because they're big. They take multiple squares, um, but they'd be super fast. They could fly over terrain. They could just chase people down. And uh, if you could harry enemies, um, hitting them from behind gave you automatic uh, advantage. You would always attack first. Um, but also depending on which side the platoon, the squads actually hit each other, mm-hmm. they'll face each. It changes the nine grid uh like for front and back formations. Oh, okay. So if you hit like clerics in the back, they're now in the front line and they have these like crappy light spells. Um, whereas like they're getting torn apart by your front line. So it was really cool. You could literally like pincer enemies to like screw up their formation. It's pretty dope. It was pretty legit. And the classes were awesome. There's a bunch of undead classes like ghosts and zombies. And uh, you could get vampires at some point. You could get like all of these monsters in your party. Um, and there was this whole like you're capturing or liberating cities based off of whether you got you. If you take evil people to a place with bad morale and you claim the city, it's liberated. And if you take good people to a place with good morale and you liberate the city, it's liberate or you capture the city, it's liberated. And then like at the end of the game, the Indians actually changed based off of whether you captured or liberated cities. Hmm. I had no idea about that. So I kind of like just got to the end and I'm like, why do I suck so much? <laughs> like, oh, why, why am I getting the bad ends? Uh, but it's because I never paid attention to whether cities were captured or liberated and I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't think I had morals in those early days of gaming. Yeah. Or if I did, it was outside of the realm of gaming. <laughs> like, eh. It's fine. I think, like, uh, I cared more about completion. I cared more about making sure I didn't miss things. Like, I would have been, like, the kid with a strategy guide or, like, downloading walkthroughs from the internet. Because this is, like, both Shining Force and uh, Ogre Battle were games where uh, you could really easily miss, like, optional characters. Just super easy. Um, You could revisit the battlefields after you fought them. And then, like find optional encounters to get new characters with plot and story and all of this i'm just like how in the world would you ever know this unless like a nintendo representative (laughs) told you um that's no reason to buy magazines kids yeah call the uh what was it like dollar per minute freaking hotline hotline miami i think that's what they call it (laughs) let me let me look this up slowly pages nintendo (laughs) power hmm yeah Oh, I might have been back a page. <laughs> yeah. So of these two, do you prefer more of like the active tactics mm-hmm. or do you prefer more of the macro? I think in this or case... Or another category we haven't gotten to yet. Right. <laughs> do you like the mystery box or do you like one of these other two things we've actually talked about? Give me the white lollipop with the question marks on it. <laughs> uh, I think it's lemon. <laughs> I think like I like Ogre Battle. Um Although it's probably even slower than Shining Force. (laughs) 
which is like, uh, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, as an adult. Um, they had like a training system. Mm-hmm. So you could like, if you had a bunch of money, spend it training your guys, like no problem. Um, there's a bunch of just cool features that were implemented there that I haven't played in games this entire time since then. Um, I feel like this is kind of a macro statement, I guess, but maybe games have homogenized a little bit since then. And I see more similar features popping up. Um, like when it comes to RPGs, things like that. Now, maybe that's because I play a lot of AAA games and they might be from the same publishers, but you know, I don't know. I miss some of the cool stuff. What is the cool stuff to you? Like, I like the character development and the risk of like losing main characters. People basically have said I should play Fire Emblem, but um, like, oh, they're holding this book and they leveled up and now they're a witch or something like that, you know, like, and then filling out your squad. I like that. I like the management aspect. Hmm. I gotta say, I really do like the uh, slower progression of RPGs, whether it was, just getting enough experience to level up and have your stats be a little bit better you're like yeah you you do like the little little flex yeah um or getting an item and something like uh divinity 2 we were like oh i'm gonna fuck some people up yeah it it feels nice to get those little power spikes Mm -hmm. of progression or maybe it's a new ability you're like oh i can use this in conjunction with this and then you find like these synergies of oh i will always engage with my rogue here yeah and then they're kind of be will be out of position so we'll have a, a support unit interact with them to maybe reposition them mm-hmm. or cast protection or heal yeah or something else but planning those out and then, but the, finding the new ways to approach a situation is choice yeah i think that's something like rpgs really excel excel at it's like we talked about um like remnant from the ashes recently i don't actually consider that really an RPG because it lacks a lot of those choices. It's a relatively like you could choose what guns you use. You can kind of choose your skill trees, but they don't matter that much. But for the most part, even though it's randomly generated, you're going through a linear story um, or close to linear. And you're not given that kind of freedom to choose how you approach each situation like you wouldn't like one of these old rpgs or divinity which is like an extreme example of how do you approach the situation yeah like they might have limitations as far as this is let's say shining forge rpg right yeah this is this person's class these are the things that they are limited to do Mm -hmm. but you can choose who's in your party yeah with something like divinity yeah it's kind of everyone starts out with like hey here's my starting class but you can build anybody into whatever the fuck. Yeah. Because everything as far as skills in that game is based off of how many points you put into geomancy, necromancy, thievery, and other things. Yeah. Because you need certain levels in a certain skill area to be able to use that skill. But anybody can fucking read a book and be like, <laughs> read oh, a book. <laughs> that's how you throw fireballs. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if you had your melee beefcake. Um, only put like a single point in the fire um, he's not going to be doing like high level fire spells he might use like haste as utility yeah and that's fine hmm. that's how you we don't judge him for that <laughs> we don't judge here 
No, it's just really cool to approach it in which way you want to. We actually like, so we talked a little bit like leading up to this episode about where to really draw the line or categorize RPGs. And in the, in the process of listening to you right now, I think that's basically it. It's like the more choice a game has, the more willing I am to classify it as an RPG. I don't think that's the only thing because, you know, I wouldn't consider the Telltale, you know, games RPGs. But I think it's really important for the uh, for the genre, basically. Yeah, I think it needs to allow you to kind of get into a character and choose how that character is played. Yeah. So anything that's like, hey, here's your main character and here's how the story goes. You're along for the ride, but you're not impacting that. Yeah, exactly. Like... like Sure, in Hitman, you can kind of approach things in different ways. Right. But you're not choosing how... Like, you still have to do a very specific action. Yeah, exactly. It's not something like... I would argue Witcher 3 Mm -hmm. is an RPG. Right. I think that's probably probably a safe argument to make (laughs) like you have your diversity of how you want to level up the character how you want to interact with every fucking person in the game Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of choices on top of that right so do i kill these people do i let the other people kill these people do i kill the other people witcher choices basically sex with these people (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and then kill them (laughs) (laughs) right witcher choices um yeah i i feel that a lot like even some of the games it's interesting to compare anything to divinity because based off of the criteria we've set up like divinity is the ultimate rpg basically well yeah because that i would say harkens most to classic dnd mm-hmm. which is birthplace of a lot of this is how we perceive a magical universe this is how we perceive taking turns in combat right and how time elapses in combat mm-hmm. yeah i think that's like it's it's hard to compare anything to that, but there's there's other things on the list like Final Fantasy VII, which I don't want to really get into because we got to save that save that for the remaster, right? But like the story is entirely linear, but how you develop the characters, like what choices, like are you gonna farm random encounters? You gonna try to get all the materia? You're gonna learn all the skills? Like those are all things that are entirely up to you. So even though you really didn't have any choices that really mattered in the story by the end of it, you so, still feel attached to them. I got to say, uh, I will still blame uh, the shitty windows PC that I had. That's probably like 95. Yeah. Maybe 98, but basically it would crash always at a point. But my first playthrough, I mistakenly um, upgraded any of Iris's items. <laughs> Spoilers. That was a mistake. Right. Um, because she doesn't scale that well. You get like late in the game and it's like you're approaching the end boss and there's better healers out there at that point. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> but it is cool to kind of like diversify uh, which materia you use. As far as upgrades, I feel like that's pretty flat across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, For a lot of games too, uh, usually you're going to have, here's your starter weapon. Mm-hmm. Here's the next area. Here's a better stuff that you can get. Yeah. Um. Not as many games as I would like have trade-off weapons mm-hmm. where it's, hey, this is better damage, but right. <laughs> it might, hey, uh, it's going to reduce some of your defense or you're more susceptible to magic attacks or you're going to be slower. Right. 
or other things. So you you appreciate devil rooms is basically what I'm hearing. <laughs> I do. I really like risk reward. Yeah. Which is pretty much just sex without a condom verbatim. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it it makes you kind of double down more for like that type of playstyle that you want, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate in Path of Exile. Yeah, because a lot of the skill trees is like, hey, um, your life deal is going to be doubled. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Gee, thanks, Mister. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you can never regenerate health passively, and you're like what yeah it's like you need to be hitting people constantly to not die (laughs) which is how my one character is built and Mm -hmm. it's it's brutal at times right Mm. because i want to like blink into an area of enemies i'm like i have to cast my attack immediately otherwise i'm fucked right relentless aggression yeah Mm -hmm. but it is really cool because you have more branching paths that way rather than a lot of people kind of end up all at one point right for how they build a character yeah i think like that choice is key to getting you attached to those those individuals it's like i mentioned final fantasy i'm not attached particularly to any of those characters at this i point. cried yeah i cried <laughs> more than once right and i'm sure it's because a lot of time has passed also but um i've also had like less investment in determining the outcome of those characters than than some other things um here on the list and that would have been a great segue if the next game would have been related to that somehow, but nope, it's Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I mean, I played probably Ocarina of Time was my first, um, Majora's Mask after that, and then a, a couple other games. And I think in particular with like Ocarina of Time, it's a good example of a game where the protagonist is sort of blank i mean link by definition is usually sort of blank he doesn't talk (laughs) so yeah the thing is like he does eventually like at least other people respond to you as though you talk not in ocarina you're entirely like deaf but i played like breath of the wild and you literally choose dialogue responses to people other than just yes no i want you to repeat what he said right right yeah but i mean in that role, you're kind of the silent protagonist for the mm-hmm. most part of the Zelda series, where you are you are Lonk, yeah. but you're still going through a linear progression. You still need to hit these certain check boxes of you need to get this gear to beat this boss mm-hmm. to do X, Y, and Z to eventually beat the game. Right. Mm-hmm. There's not as much diversity because usually, I, if I recall, mm-hmm. I didn't play as much Zelda. Right. I played some of Ocarina of Time, and I recently bought Link's Awakening. That's kind of my extent. Yeah. Um, but you need certain gear to beat certain dungeons. Right. Mm-hmm. It's usually, hey, um, we're going to introduce this new mechanic. You have this thing. Later, when you go back to a different part of the map, you'll be like, oh, that thing. Yeah. And you'll start, you know, using the shovel to dig up everything mm-hmm. or hit everything with sticks or grappling hook that one elf that's blocking you from escaping the uh so what's the woods uh lost woods or which which elf are you th- talking about there's one near the start of the game in ocarina of time hmm. who's like blocking the way oh out. you mean the the kid he's blocking the way to the deku tree yeah and scripted yeah. time yeah I think you have to like get a weapon or something to actually get to past kill him. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. And stab. Die, fiend. Just let it go. 
or you do the speed run strats and just like find a way to side jump past him or whatever nonsense they do um yeah it's i think that that is the puzzle formula for legend of zelda it's basically like present problem that's obviously unsolvable or hopefully obviously unsolvable and then introduce tool later you can come back and solve it bombs boomerang hook shot Seriously. all of that all of the different types of arrows um it's really common to do it that way breath of the wild actually doesn't do it that way and it's kind of out of necessity and i sort of miss it from the older older games well from what i've heard and seen of breath of the wild i mean like you said it is out of necessity because it is open world yeah but being able to approach it in that way of i could climb this mountain or i could stasis this rock beat the shit out of it jump on the rock mm-hmm. or maybe <laughs> you can fly i don't know what other options you have you, you can um, you, like use the glider and stuff i think like so like ocarina of time has very like linear structure for the most part until you get to some of the temples then you have some choices but like as a kid you have to collect each of the gems to complete like the spiritual gem whatever the key basically to get in the temple of time the triforce well you don't complete the triforce because you would get the triforce when you claim the um the master sword but link isn't ready for it huh i didn't really play this i know that's fine but like as a kid you have to like complete these these dungeons um like uh jabu jabu's belly which was like in zora's domain the goron place can't remember and uh forest place anyways yeah <laughs> did you play this game? <laughs> the coup tree yeah um but uh after you completed all that then you can be an adult go through do all like the hard mode kind of adult dungeons um and then kind of go to the culminated fight once you freed all the sages with ganon right this is massive contrast because this game is like stupid long unless you actually know how to play slash like are an adult and then it's like 25 percent of the time um you can contrast that whole thing with Breath of the Wild where as soon as you get out of the tutorial plateau, you can technically go fight Ganon. <laughs> and if you beat him, you win the game. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Like the speed run something like 13 minutes for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Because people just like hyperspeed launch themselves to Hyrule Castle fight ganon and end the game (laughs) it's like it's not easy but because they don't have all these uh storyline kind of touch points these like they know that you've beaten the forest temple by the time you get to the shadow temple in ocarina of time like so they can assume you have all of these items you can't do that in breath of the wild so instead they just didn't put any item gates in there are you implying that item gates are a or sorry, certain story touch points, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Certain doors in the game storyline. Do you say that detracts from an RPG? Or from a game being an RPG? I almost feel like it does. Because like I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild. I think it's great. And I played it like conventionally. Like, go through, beat all the spirits or whatever. Um, collect a bunch of items, do all my stuff. Had a lot of fun with it. But... I never had an experience that was like playing Majora's Mask and like getting the ice arrows and being able to like freeze a path across water 
to reach like a new location Mm -hmm. or like the first time you like fire a light arrow at somebody and it like creates a massive rupee for some reason because like people drop tons of money if you hit them with light arrows like you miss out on all of those experiences if you just take it from the game and i don't know it like it, it takes some of the it's interesting i think particularly for breath of the wild because they have a bunch of puzzle solving pieces with the physics you can kind of think back to like portal and how like physics themselves became so integral to the puzzles um like what you can do with a gravity gun in half-life like all of those experiences are all pretty much there in breath of the wild but you're using the exact same tool set for the whole thing for like the um the trials right um but you don't really get new toys it's always that should i buy you some new toys <laughs> i know of a site it's ba dragon i think mm-hmm. there might be another d in there i don't know <laughs> i'd like to be a dragon <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't know i can't remember exactly how we got onto that we we're talking about legend of zelda but there's there's a huge difference between what zelda is now and what it was um it's very different it's less lonely though there's something like intrinsically like isolated sometimes for playing some of these old rpgs where i'm just like it doesn't feel like you're interacting with other characters really no i would say typically you're not Mm -hmm. i like that you're like where are you going with this (laughs) yeah i'm also trying to like think of other examples Mm -hmm. um like, cause like when I played through Ocarina of Time, I look back on that and I spent so much time just running around in the dark as Link, you know, playing, uh, songs to change the daytime. So like, I don't get assaulted by skeletons or f- freeze re-deads and all this nonsense, but you play it by yourself. Plus Navi who doesn't count for anything <laughs> like, yeah, you don't really have a, a party in that game so much. Yeah. And it's, uh. It's kind of isolationist almost compared to like new games because like there's some really animated characters in um, Divinity, for instance. Like there's some really interesting characters you can encounter in that game. Every character is interesting. Yeah. All right. It, you've said Divinity enough times. You, you have <laughs> me. I said it once. <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons that Divinity 2 is the best game ever. Yeah. It really just offers... I'm never gonna have an episode. I don't think I ever can. Right. But I'm just gonna bring it up in every episode. Right. Um, we don't want to. We don't want to kill the the cow that's producing the milk <laughs> for this episode. For like the entire podcast. Apparently, on your chalkboards, how many times I mentioned Divinity Two? <laughs> but it really offers a lot in the way of every character inside thing. Every blade of grass is essentially put there for a reason. Yeah. Um. There's just so much content in the game on its own. Uh, but also, as we were mentioning before, with like the different ways to play mm-hmm. and how you approach situations, you can do some janky shit. Yeah. Uh, many a times, um, we figured out early in the game, if you're having a difficult fight and you're in dialogue with somebody who's like, I'm going to fight you. Yeah. Once you <laughs> click accept combat, yeah. dialogue, <laughs> it will start combat. You can have somebody else who's controlling other members of the party position outside of the fight mm-hmm. before the fight starts yeah so when the fight starts you can backstab somebody or my favorite way 
you can pick up objects in the game as any character. Yeah. The stronger you are, the heavier items you can pick up, mm-hmm. and you can reposition them. If you're not in combat, it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. So what I did for a certain fight, I was fighting some bishop. So it was like him and like his two guards next to him. So I put these giant murals on uh, I, on any side of him. Mm-hmm. And then I put my beefy guy in there. And I was like, welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. <laughs> the fight started. I started using AOE abilities mm-hmm. or knockdown abilities. And I just chained these combos into him. <laughs> and it's, it's so good. Yeah. But it's- it has everything as far as you have like this slow level up progression. So mm-hmm. it feels meaningful when you do get those stats yeah or if you get perk points for oh i can now get a passive ability mm-hmm. so every time i hit somebody there's like a percent chance that something else will also happen right this... or like oh maybe i can be better at lock picking or you have somebody who's really good at just talking to people to try and get prices down right you have that unit buy everything trade amongst the other players it's just all these things that you can do in game universe that adds to the investment yeah and on top of that like i said every character's storyline even if your character is not a story character Mm -hmm. you're you're there along for the ride and you can dictate your interactions with people and you you mentioned that like the progression is like still slow but there's so many like dopamine kind of drips in divinity for like figuring things out or getting like non- just level-based progression you're unlocking like perks or Mm -hmm. you're finding like other cool adjustments you can make to your party that like it really contrasts to the pacing of most of the other games we've talked about up to this point Mm -hmm. like where it's almost like an inspired drought of content in some of these other games or like really cool systems that you have to spend time manipulating once every hour in divinity it's like there's always something cool just around the corner. Yes. And that's probably what makes it accessible in like the modern age, right? Like, um, like I've, I've played games like uh, Baldur's Gate, like that were the precursors to Divinity. Actually, um, Larian Studios is making Baldur's Gate 3. Um, Larian made Divinity 2 for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, you guys didn't know that? Jeez. Not, not true fans. But some of you haven't even beaten Divinity 2. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the fuck is Divinity 2? <laughs> but uh, the the pacing in those games feels significantly slower than Divinity. And it's interesting because they're using very similar systems. It's just probably um, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons for uh, Baldur's Gate, mm-hmm. whereas Larian's kind of made their own thing for Divinity. That's just D&D-esque. But there are other things in that space. Like, um, I think Dreadfire. Mm. There's another one that came out recently that I cannot remember the name of for life of me. It's more of... um, uh, It's uh, Fred Dreyer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of uh, 1600s. Mm. Oh, was this a Greedfall? Greedfall. Yeah. Greedfall and Dreadfire. Mm-hmm. I think Dreadfire came out a year and a half ago to two years ago. Yeah. Um, Greedfall was just recently announced or just came out. It just came out, yeah. Uh, and it looks interesting, but it seems to be in that same space where it's a very in-depth, nitty-gritty type of RPG. Yeah. 
it's gotten like okay reviews. I was like, I was on the fence. I was like, do I just buy this? And then people were like, ah, you can kind of feel the jank and a little bit of the indie. And I'm just like, ah, mm. I've got so much other games yeah. I need to play. I'll, I'll wait a bit. Sorry, Greedfall, but is that how it is? Another thing in Divinity Two I really enjoyed is uh, we've definitely gotten into some encounters where I'm like, I'm under leveled for this shit. Yeah. Because you just like make a wrong turn. You're like, oh, well, technically I found this key to this one thing. What if I happens if I go here? And then it's like this giant dude's like, I'm going to murder you. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, no, no, the party's gone. Yeah. Yeah. They're not really, they're not afraid to like hit you with difficulty. Yeah. Which like it's some other games. Usually if it's a huge spike, mm-hmm. you're not quote unquote supposed to be there yet. Yeah. Um, they always have options for... That's kind of how we determined where to go in the game. Right. It's Just like, walk. This seems way too difficult. <laughs> walk into it, see um, if you die. another encounter I can do? Okay, this seems reasonable. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, there's some... some. At this point, it's an older RPG. Like, Oblivion was like that. Mm-hmm. They had... Um, they had scaled leveling for, like, a lot of things. Actually, was Oblivion like that? Never mind. There's an Oblivion mod that was like that. Oblivion was probably the point where that was no longer the case, really. Everything basically scaled to you. And uh, Larian's clearly not beholden to that concept. Like, many, many things scale now in modern RPGs. Um, Like, whether that be Skyrim or Oblivion or, like, to some extent, like, it feels like Dragon Age. Um, Not exclusively. Like, there are some unleveled fights in Dragon Age, but... Right. I think there's a time and a place for it. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, it would be a little bit awkward if you were just dicking around in the beginner area for, like, let's say, 30 hours, right? Yeah. And now you're super overleveled for, like, the next five chapters of content. Mm-hmm. It's kind of janky, but, like, hey, that's what you did, and that's your way to play, right? Right. Some people want that. It feels weird to... Be like super overpowered, crushing everything. Go to the next boss, and it's like we're exactly matched. Next boss after that, exactly They're exactly matched. And yeah. you never feel like you have a jump in difficulty or anything else. Yeah, it should. I think it should be variable. Mm-hmm. There are times you should be like, I got away on the by the nape of my skin. Yeah, nape nape of the nape of the neck, tail a tail of the neck, nape of the. That was a close one. All right. Or someone um, be like, man, I crushed that engagement. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the the idiom now, and I can't. But um, I guess I'm just an idiom, <laughs> which yeah. is a combination of idiot and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <didiot. laughs> yeah, it's 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 something I'm still I'm still not sure about really to this day. I feel like a lot of things on this list want to make you feel like a hero because most I concede almost all RPGs make you the hero. That's that's fine, actually. It's a very different experience to not be the hero, per se. Like, to make people just a person. Um, It's... Like, we do that at our jobs. (laughs) Like, we're just people at our jobs. Sometimes you want to play a hero or a villain or whatever. Um, But if uh, constant leveling is on, then like you mentioned, it's not like... there's, There's nothing that feels like a real challenge. It's always, you know that whatever you're fighting has been scaled to you, so it may be slightly challenging, but you'll overcome it. Like, they're never going to put a wall in there and say, hey, you're not heroic enough, <laughs> you know? Um, I think I beat, like, Oblivion at, like, level four because I was using efficient leveling. 
and it was pretty hilarious actually but um i think that something a game like divinity does is they're like you didn't put any investment in your character you didn't like cover your bases you don't have adaptive items in your inventory you're not willing to deal with statuses you're not willing to like deal with how you're placed in the battle you know like are you dealing are you, are you handling tactics properly if you answered no to all of these questions like don't play <laughs> like oh yeah it like, will it will royally fuck you sometimes and, and that like I was going to say that feels good. And that, <laughs> that feels, feels good, good to get royally no. fucked. <laughs> no. It feels good to have... <laughs> wow. I was going to say another thing. Sounds bad. I was like, it has risk of it. But the uh, it, there can be no payoff to overcoming a challenge unless there's actually a challenge or at least the risk of a challenge. And games like Divinity are like, we're going to be really challenging, especially if you play on like higher difficulties. And you need to be on your game. Like you're, you're, you're struggling up this hill and the reward is going to be, you do become godlike or whatever. Um, I think that that games that give you that progression feel better for it. 100% true. Mm -hmm. In the same way, I appreciate that a cheesy gordita crunch will Mm -hmm. make me feel terrible afterwards. It is uh, something I must overcome. Right. The other thing we have to overcome is figuring out how to end our episodes. (laughs) <laughs> what time are we at i don't know 50 57 minutes just kidding let's not finish the episode uh oh. what else we got here um i had mass effect in here i had like a couple games this was one of the interesting ones because guys i don't know if it really is that much of an rpg i would it kind of is but because of the I choices i played as much so yeah. i'm gonna give you the squinty eyes Sure. I would say something like Skyrim definitely is mm-hmm. because you can level yourself wildly differently and approach things however you want. You can access the whole world yeah. at a given point in time. So you can really choose how you are playing that character 100%. Right. Um, I think like personal choice, it's hard to beat a game like Skyrim where it's just like here are literally all the skills, all the options. Yes, you're going to be a stealth archer, but you have options not to be. <laughs> like, great, you know. Um, I have a. I actually put some points in the backstab, hmm. but the backstab actually has to be uh, with a bow and arrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. You have to lash them together and just kind of nudge them. I can't remember if we ever had a Skyrim episode or if we just talked about it, but backstab is probably a. We've th- we've not had a Skyrim episode. The I think we literally wrote up like notes for it and everything. The only real memorable moment I have from Skyrim is like the time that I one hit killed a dragon by backstabbing it while it was like sleeping on one of those um, word walls. Oh yeah. And I like I came down the mountain above it, which meant like I reloaded five times because I kept hang- hitting angles where I'd fall and die. And I had the um, the jester's gloves, which doubled your backstab damage, and then all the backstab perks, and then a dagger, which is like uh, smithed to really high damage got up right below it then it took off and i was like oh okay so then i reloaded and i went got right down below it and then i power attacked it um and it straight up died it just died and fell down i'm like i'm done (laughs) but didn't that feel great to invest all that time for a little reward but to feel like a badass yeah it, it felt really awesome and Something I actually uh, kind of 
don't get in Skyrim that much anymore is because everything's leveled in the base game. Like you aren't challenged and you can't overcome something to become, have that BA moment of being awesome. Um, that's what BA stands for being awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What's funny is I played, I put a stupid amount of time into Skyrim and I'd still trash talk it. Like I put probably hundreds of hours into it at this point. And I still feel like it's a step in the wrong direction for the genre. (laughs) I like how we spent all this time talking about RPGs, but didn't touch JRPGs. That's true. Because I won't. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Q, Q, Jake. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's a lot here. Probably too much, honestly. No, I'm saying take take us out. Oh, take us out. Like, like play us off keyboard. Yeah, it's just, here I'd like go. to thank everybody for coming out. <laughs> uh, as always, you can email us your questions, mm-hmm. comments, and concerns at mm-hmm. soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you'd like, you can join the discussion on Facebook at mm-hmm. facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> right. Also a great place to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like um, to thank everyone for coming out. <laughs> You're probably listening to this on Spotify or you've clicked the Facebook link. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always do appreciate any likes, comments, feedback. Mm-hmm. Occasionally we'll get emails of, hey, you guys aren't shit. Right. But we maybe, haven't actually maybe gotten covered, that yet. Maybe cover this, these topics. <laughs> or if there's something you want us to cover in future episodes or if there's something you want us to retroactively cover. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That's harder to do. Yeah, that seems hard. Go back and edit this one episode. To, <laughs> right. Uh, Please mention more JRPGs. Thank you. You're just like, this episode sucks. Redo it. We've never had anybody request that. I would seriously consider it, depending on the episode. We have redone one episode. Yeah. Did we? Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is no, my we bad. totally did. We totally did. I still say one day we upload the audio of just you talking. I don't even know if I have it. Oh, well, I probably do. <laughs> Send it to me. I'll, I'll make it fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, we'll see you in the next one. Okay.